grab your popcorn and snacks, find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Well, good evening. Whoa, I forgot my light. Look at that. It's going to be one of those days already. Okay, there I am. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. How's everybody doing Wednesday, finally? Good grief. <laughs> Not as tired today. I took the day off to rest. Didn't do yard work. Didn't do anything. I was just so tired because I was doing the extra shows and stuff. Anyway, my name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based on the Sacramento, California. We are 45 strong up and down the state which means if you do have a paranormal issue that you'd like us to check out, we can help you. It might take us a few to get to you. California is a very, very big state. But uh, we will get to you. And if we can't get to you right away, we have psychics on staff who can call you and talk with you about what's, been, you know, what's going on in, in your place of business or home. That being said, welcome, everybody. I want to welcome. Let me, um, I'm going to get in my messenger real quick. And our guest is, is getting ready to sign on, and we want to make sure she can sign on. Otherwise, we're going to do this over the phone. And let's see, I gotta make sure I see the right one. Yeah. See if she can get in there. And if not, uh, she'll, she'll notify me and I will call her if, if need be so we can do it over the phone. Up oh, there she is. Okay. She's with us. I see her. Okay. Anyway, if you're watching from Facebook, uh, I know a lot of you do watch from Facebook, please be sure to hit that like button and those thumbs up button if you, if, if you like what you hear tonight because. What that does is that puts us higher up in the algorithm so more people see us. Also, same thing for YouTube. <laughs> Thank you for whoever did the instant like button. <laughs> that was a fast reaction. Also, for the people on YouTube, uh, here, I'm going to point over here. There's a little ghost in the bottom right-hand corner. Uh, what that is is that's a subscribe button for us. If you, know, if you like what you hear tonight and, uh, and you, you want to follow us some more, Kindly hit that subscribe button, and uh, that will subscribe you to 581 videos that we have over there. And it will also allow you to not only perceive, well, you're going to get to do it anyway, but <laughs> that will allow you to be notified when we have a new show coming out or a special coming out, something like that. The other thing is I'm 435 away from 1,000. So if you could pass this on to your friends, if you like it and all that, to get me up to that 1,000 mark of subscribers over there on YouTube, I would be eternally welcome. I really would. All right. But I want to thank everybody for coming tonight. That's it. I'm going home. Kidding. Um, I want to thank everybody for coming tonight. And uh, if you're watching from Facebook and you like what you see, hit that follow button. Especially if you're watching from um, ghostly, the Ghostly Events page or the California Haunts radio page. Yeah, hit that follow button. because I'm always, I'm always looking for followers. You can also follow me over on Instagram. I'm under ghost, Ghosty Gal on Instagram. All right. Not only that, I'm over at TikTok. Under California Haunts, and I'm also bum, 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 over at Twitter under Cal Haunts. So you can find me just about everywhere on the web. Just type in California Haunts or California Haunts Radio, and we pop up everywhere. Anyway, tonight we're going to be talking about something that's near and dear to my heart, and I enjoy talking about this stuff. We're going to be talking about the Dogman, and we're going to be talking a little bit about Sasquatch. And uh, my guest tonight, I heard her on the other guy's show. And she was such a great guest. That's why I wanted to get her on. And so I, I got, I, I, I emailed a letter out to her right away to get to see if she would be willing to come on. And she, and she said yes. 
Her name is um, Arla Colette. I'm not even going to attempt her middle name. You know how I am about names. I'll screw her name up every time. I attempted it in the intro, so we'll see how well I did. But uh, Arla Colette, and she's got a couple books out. But I'll let her tell you her story. Because it's, a, it's, it's an interesting story. And um, what she has to say about Dogman and Sasquatch <clears throat> is also very interesting. So let me bring her in before I screw things up. And away we go. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? I feel great today. I've been so awesome. tired. Oh my God, I was tired. Well, I did four shows in, in two days. Oh my goodness. So by the time I got done, I was just like, you know, I couldn't even think straight. Yeah, I can imagine. So how do you say your middle name? Um, It's, it's pronounced many different ways. It's a Celtic name. Okay. So, um, actually, my name's Arla Colette Williams. Okay. Williams being my legal name, but on Facebook, I go by Arla Colette. So. Okay. See, I knew I'd screw it up, and I did. But so Arla's good. I'm good with Arla. Arla's good. Arla's good. Tell me about you. Well... <laughs> I've known about uh, the Bigfoot or Sasquatch, whatever you call them, uh, since I was six. And uh, that was when I had my first full-on face-to-face um, encounter. I was at my grandmother's, and I was playing in the dirt with some sticks and stuff sitting on the ground. And I heard somebody walk up and I thought it was my grandmother. But when I looked up, it was a young uh, juvenile male. And uh, we just stared at each other for a while, like kids do. And um, after a little while, he turned around and walked off. And when he did, I jumped up and went in and told my granny what I'd seen. And I said, what was that? And the only thing she said to me was, what do you think it was? So she taught me about them through the years. Um, she never tried to influence me on thinking about anything. She wanted to hear what my perception of what I was seeing was. And then after a little while, uh, she started to teach me about them. Uh, she grew up in the mountains in Arkansas. And um, so she knew, she knew as well. Um, my question to this is, is that she, she knew about them, you know, for like you say, for being in the mountains of Arkansas. Why do you think that you, that your family in particular saw them? Well, a lot of it has to do with who you are. Okay. And um, as far as the type of encounter that you're going to have. I am so much like my grandmother. I was in the woods and running off. By the when I first started walking, they couldn't keep up with me. I mean, I would just take off to the woods. I didn't have any fear of anything, and she didn't either. And she spent a lot of time 
in the mountains and in the woods, and she is very much an outdoors person. So logically, if you do that, your chances of seeing one of them is going to be far greater than if you're sitting in a house uh, doing something. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Attitude, who you are. Uh, She used to always tell us kids, don't act ugly. And what she meant by that was don't be mean to other people. Don't do bad things. Be kind. Um, Both my grandmothers were probably the kindest women I've ever known in my life. And uh, my one grandmother who taught me about them, she taught me not to be afraid of something and not judge it by what it looks like, but just to try to understand, you know, what it is that you're, you're seeing and don't just immediately go into fear. Uh, And so if I saw something, I wanted to know, (laughs) what are you? Who are you? You know, and I've done that and talked to the woods and everything else out in the woods my whole life. And I'm 73 years old. I'm not a young woman. I've known them for decades. So um, it's all about who we are and what we perceive them to be. Mm -hmm. And um, I think the biggest problem that people have with encounters and things is misunderstanding their nature. They're big, they're hairy, and they are loud. Uh-huh. And they look like us, but there's other things about them that don't look like us. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Just, just what you said, it's understandable. I mean body language and intent because i mean even if, even if you go into a crowded room you can tell which people are po'd and which which people aren't right and i think it would be the same with right. them just like just like your dog you know it's just like an animal that that, that can sense that stuff so yes. I, I see yeah. the point you're making with that yep did you ever at any time fear them at all no no, no. i've i've never had any fear of anything um the dog men, I never feared them. Uh, the Sasquatch, I just don't have any fear of anything like that. I tell people all the time, you know, when you go into the woods and you get this feeling that they're there, mm-hmm. start talking. Tell them who you are. Tell them why you're there. And like you would anyone you wanted to know something about. You know, my grandmother told me that there are neighbors. And as neighbors, sometimes you interact with your neighbors and sometimes you don't. But that if you have respect, you're not going to have any problems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how many times over the years do you think that you've seen them? Mm. Many, many, many times. And and I've backpacked and primitive camped and 
across the United States and into British Columbia. And I've seen some everywhere I've ever been that I've been out. Um, I interact with a family here. Um, I, they're my neighbors. Sometimes they're out there and sometimes they're not. Mm-hmm. But I don't try to live every day in their world or hope that I see them or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I just continue to live my life as I do. When you say interact, what, what do you mean by interact? Oh, my gosh. Uh, the hair, what I call the hairy kids, um, which are the young ones they have pranked me for years. They do all kinds of funny things. Um, they call, I call back, I call back to them in, in my voice. Mm-hmm. And um, I think one of the funniest things that they did was one night I was going to put up my little, I called it my one woman and a dog tent. It's a a little tent and I was going to go out and put it up and uh, spend the night. And so I took my tent out. I hiked back in there. And as I was setting my tent up, I had gone around behind it and um, was putting my poles in. Well, this particular old tent didn't have any of the cords in the poles. They had been gone a long time. So what I always did was I counted my poles out for each tent or each side of the tent. And that way I didn't get all messed up trying to just pick poles up. I put them together and I'd put uh, a rubber band or something around them. Well, that particular time, I had just grabbed one bundle and was putting it together. I went around behind the tent and, of course, bent over, was fixing that. I came back around. I uh, picked up another bundle and I just started putting it together. And when I went around behind to uh, hook it up, it was all messed up. I call it golly whoppered. It was kind of set and crooked. And I was like, wait a minute, this isn't right. So I noticed that it was missing a pole. Well, I keep tent parts. And so I thought, well, I'll just have to hike back up and get one of those. And then I'll bring it back and see if I can make it fit and work. So I did that. Well, I got back with my pole and I put it together and um, got my tent all ready. And I was sitting there before dark, just Mm -hmm. kind of, I can look off out over a ridge. And I was looking off over the ridge and I kind of looked up in a tree right there near where I was camping. And up in that tree was the missing pole piece. So at some point they had got that and put it up in that tree where I wouldn't see it unless I was purposely kind of looking up in the tree. 
they've, they've done stuff like that for years. Um, so, you know, we've, we've had this fun for a long time. So what you're saying is that they, that they obviously have a sense of humor because oh. they're messing with you. Yes, all the time, I, you know, and I talk to a lot of people and they're all the time talking about uh, them pranking them. And mm -hmm. I can talk and talk and talk about things that they have done. Uh, they one time I was camping down in the wash or the yeah Washita Mountains down by Honubby, and I always wear flip flops. Well, I'd taken my flip-flops off and put them off over to the side while I put my tent up. And I put my tent up. And since I was going to be there several days, I had my cot and everything else. Well, I brought all that in. When I got through, I decided I was going to go hike a little bit. So I just put my hiking shoes on and um, I had my dog Watto and we took off and hiked for a while. And then when we came back, it was getting closer to dark. And I thought, well, I better get my flip flops and put them in here in the tent. Mm -hmm. Well, there was only one flip flop out there. Uh oh. And I just said out loud, I know a squirrel didn't take my flip-flop. And if you guys got it, you better bring my flip-flop back. You know, just kind of joking. Well, I didn't see it the whole time I was there. So I just resigned myself to the fact that I was going to go home with one flip-flop. Well, when I was taking my tent down, the space that would have been under my cot, under the tent pushed in under there was my flip-flop. <laughs> so they had put it somewhere where I wouldn't walk over it while I was in the tent. It was put somewhere <laughs> that I wouldn't notice it until I had taken the tent down. That's pretty funny. It kind of reminded me of something that happened to me yesterday with my dog. I have an Australian dog and she likes to hide stuff. And oh, wow. She, she ate out of the, uh, the the older dog's bowl. Don't know what happened to the bowl. And I have like a tent style <laughs> bed for him, right? So I go to pick the bed up to move it to clean it. And she shoved that that, that bowl way under that bed so nobody could see it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You have such great stories about being around them. You know, you don't hear that all the time. I mean, you hear you hear these stories of how, you know, they're peeking in somebody's tent and the, and the person's <laughs> terrified and all this. <clears throat> what about at night? Uh, can, can you hear them at night and stuff when you're camping? Oh, I sleep in my tent a good part of the spring, summer, and fall. Mm -hmm. So I'm out there most every night already. And... I'm very well known for walking in the woods in the dark. Um, I don't have any fear. They're out there in the daytime. You just may not see them. And at night, you know, most time you can't see them. Uh, you know, through the years, I've recorded overnight. And I've got a lot of recordings and stuff with them. Uh, it... They're just there. Mm -hmm. And depending on 
who you are. And I don't mean who you are as somebody better than anybody else. I mean, where's your heart at? And that acceptance of something that is some different than us. My question is too, you just said you record them. What what do they sound like on the recordings? Because I've heard the Sierra sounds yep. and I've heard the other sounds from up north. How, how, how do your recordings compare to those? <laughs> well, I've heard them do a mixture of something that sounds like the Sierra sounds, mm -hmm. but they can speak English too. Okay. They can actually speak a any language they choose to speak. And I, I, through the years, I've listened to tons of audio that other people have done mm -hmm. that uh, are in some other language. They would ask them a question or be out in the woods or whatever, and they would get this conversation going on that was in a language that that person would understand very interesting where do you think they come from well they came to this earth uh be long before we were ever put here um they came from the stars like most everything here did as far as we're concerned um they came here it was by choice and they are basically here to help us humans and to help us to uh, understand ourselves. I tell people all the time, you know, you think you're learning about them when you start this connection mm -hmm. or when you're getting all the information you can get about them. You think you're learning about them and you are. But the full truth is you're learning about who you are as well. And that progression with them comes from being willing to look at yourself and accept that some of the things we think might not be just exactly as it is. Are we willing to entertain that maybe what we're thinking is not exactly right? Are we willing to look at that or do we just say that can't happen? Are they as curious of us as we are of them? Oh yeah. You know, they, all of this rock throwing and stick throwing and all of that stuff, mm -hmm. that's fun for them. <laughs> and probably a good part of the time that's juveniles. Sure. And um, they're not trying to hurt anybody or scare anybody. Now, the funny thing is they can test you by doing that. Uh -huh. I mean, they don't have to test you, sure. but they do. And they're no different than any other kids. They like to hide and pitch something and you look this way and you look that way and you do this and you do that. And you know they're out there laughing. 
just like any kids would be. I know when I was a little kid, I would hide in the bushes by the sidewalk and pitch little rocks out at people that walked by. They couldn't right. see me, but that was the funniest thing for them to stop and look around like, what the heck, you know? Right. <laughs> so makes a lot of sense. Um, let me ask you this real quick then. Uh, there's that story, that old story about um, Albert Ostman, the gentleman that was supposedly kidnapped by them. Do you mm -hmm. think that, the, that that wasn't really a kidnapping, that it was them just curious as to why he was up in the mountains by himself? Well, I think that um, a lot of that happens that people don't talk about. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't do anything to him. No. You know, so... And who knows if he told everything that went on, too, because uh -huh. I know way too many people that don't tell the whole story and, you know, for whatever reason. Um, they are curious about us for sure, but they know us better than we know ourselves as well. Uh, they've watched us since we've been here. So... And, and, you know, they, they can read us so well and know, you know, who we are and, and what we think. And um, so it, it's all up to us as to what type of connection we're going to have with them or even the dogmen, because it works the same way. Okay. There's a question in the chat room. Do you think that they're in, that they're interdimensional beings? Oh yeah, so are we. So I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I've seen too many things in my lifetime to know that we are as well. So many of us have just forgotten um, who we are mm -hmm. and the things that we can do. Um, we're finding out more and more about this interdimensional life. I mean, quantum physics and everything else now that people are looking at is mm -hmm. telling us we're not who we've always thought we were. There's a whole lot more to us than what we thought. Mm -hmm. Now, another question I have is that, like you said, uh, we all came from the stars. Do you think that we are linked to them somehow? in our makeup because I mean there's a lot of confusion about you know maybe they're a missing link yeah. or maybe they're not what do you think they're uh, they're not our missing link um okay. I don't think we have a missing link <laughs> actually I think we all came and evolved in different ways and uh man's finding out so much more now mm -hmm. uh than he has in probably quite a while uh, but we are connected to them. Sure. We're connected to everything, not just them. There's no separation between any of us uh -huh. on this earth at this time or even the star nation people. Yeah. Um, are we blood family? I believe that, yes, there are some that are, not all of them, mm -hmm. and, but there's really no difference in them, even if that is so or not. 
And, you know, I have people all the time, well, who are they? Who are they? Who are they? I'm not so concerned about who they are or where they come from. I know what what I've been told, but I'm concerned about today. What are we doing today? Uh, how am I going to understand what it is they're bringing me today? Sure. Sure. I guess it kind of goes in line that maybe they're watching to see what we're doing with the environment. I mean, that's their thing is, is, is the environment. So oh, maybe that's part of what definitely. they want to make sure is we don't destroy the environment. It's kind of like the aliens that are coming here and, and watching us because of our nukes, you know, because they don't want us to blow ourselves you know, yeah. it's You know, and it, it's, it, it is just part of the human's growth in understanding who they are to get through all of this. But it seems like we've got so many helpers out there who are trying to help us, you know, be better. Um, lots of elders and lots of indigenous tribes around the world have told us that they come to help us to be better. Mm-hmm. And there was one uh, story that uh, was told. There was uh, an indigenous man and he wasn't living good. He was lying. It was cheating on his wife. He was doing a lot of things he shouldn't do. And one night a Bigfoot came and showed himself to him, you know, and so the Man, then he went to one of the elders and he told him what happened. And he said, why did he do that? Why did he come to me? And he said, he was telling you to forget about it. And imahoxi means forget about it. Forget about what you're doing. Forget about your lying. Forget about your cheating. Forget about all the disrespectful things that you're doing. They are definitely earth keepers and they care so much for this place. They chose to come here. Nobody made them come Mm -hmm. here and they love this earth. And by them teaching us and helping us to understand, we begin to want to be better stewards of this place that we live. Of course, I, that's understandable. Going back to the, to the interdimensional question, there's reports of people that see them appearing out, out of what appear to be blue, you know, like, like blue light or disappearing into blue light. Have you seen yeah. any of that at all? Yes. <laughs> they, um, it's very interesting. Um, through the years, I've seen so many things. A lot of people call orbs and, you know, different things. And um, it's a mode of travel. It's a change in vibration that gives you a, a different mode of travel. Um, I've got a friend that had done, uh, he was uh, videoing one night, just had his camera set up when we were out in the woods and he, uh, on that film there it looked like these huge round balls of light were coming in through the woods uh-huh. and as they did this 
they would disappear and you would hear this crunch like someone was sitting down. And I've had uh, people, uh, been with people uh, in the time issues where uh, there were, oh my gosh, there were so many. They were like soccer ball size. And one of the women was having a problem with them uh, having flesh and blood. She was totally that these were spirit beings and she was standing off over at the edge of the tree line in the meadow and there was one there and they were in this orb. His face was showing and all of a sudden the orb just went away and he was there and she was just totally overwhelmed that they came in as the orb. Now, I've been told uh, Kashima, who is what I call my teacher, uh-huh. he is uh, one of the ancients of the Sasquatch people. Uh-huh. And I asked him one time, um, Someone had asked me to ask him about all the orbs that they were seeing around this particular place, if that was them. And what he said to me was, we can be, but so can you. And so he just basically said, we have that ability. We just have forgotten for the the most part. Absolutely fascinating. And what about uh, dogmen? Do dogmen and, and, and Bigfoot hang out in the same spots, or are, are oh yeah, oh yeah, I I've seen them pretty much all over the United States too. One of the things I will say about them is their energy is very much gut energy. Mm-hmm. Um, it hits you in that solar plexus big time, and that's your uh, flight or fight. Place that's where all of that comes out, and that is one of the things that they help us with is fear because there is such a history about them, about werewolves, about all of this other stuff that has been talked about forever. That people already, before they even have an encounter, are afraid. Because how do they, they feel about that? How do they feel about that? Yeah. Do, you, do, you, do you know? It's what they do. I mean, as far as helping us to process our fear. Right, right, right. And one of the interesting things with the dog man that I'm seeing now more and more and more is I'm talking to more and more people who are having uh, a relationship with them the same as so many people are with the Sasquatch now. Really? And there, there's many, many, many people that are. And in the beginning, it was very much a fearful thing. And as they began to process this fear and the fact that they weren't being harmed, you know, they they were there. They were in the same area. They were seeing them. 
and nobody was being harmed. So maybe that fear is not exactly uh, what I should be feeling. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell anybody, just go out there and, <laughs> you know, they're going to be out there, just go out there. No. Anytime you get into a situation, regardless of who it is, and there again, I, I tell people, you know, talk to them. Tell them who you are, why you're there. And I said, I always ask them who they are. I'm creating a conversation here and I'm doing it out loud. I'm not doing it telepathically because I'm pretty prone to just talk out loud. And one of the things you do when you do that is you begin to calm yourself because you're in a conversation now, whether they're answering you or not. So if you feel like you can't get past that fear, it's real simple. Turn around and leave. That's all you got to do. You know, don't continue to push yourself and make yourself do it. Do it when you're ready to go a little farther. Now, what do dogmen actually look like? Well, um, their Rouse, who is one that I have interacted with, he's about seven feet. Mm-hmm. He kind of has a humanness about him, but he also shows that canine characteristic as well with the snout and the ears. And um, so he's different looking. And, you know, if you see something like that in the woods, it is going to be hard, Uh you know. So it's just a process of beginning to understand they've always been there. Uh They are always there. Uh, So... You know, if you have a bad encounter, more than likely, it's because there is a misunderstanding there. Okay. Another question I have along that line is, do the two factions get along, the the Sasquatch and the Dogman? I've never been anywhere where I didn't see them getting along. Okay. I've been all over Kentucky. And that's a very big dog state. And I've never uh, seen a problem there. Uh, they they live like neighbors, you know. So, and one of the things that I've been told is that these beings come to us in who we are at that moment of accepting, you know, who they are. Uh And we have the choice to let go of any preconceived ideas and begin to understand and to grow. Now, you don't have to do that. But if you can open your mind, 
and not believe everything you've heard about them. Right. And there is so much out there now about, you know, uh, and especially the dog men now, it's not quite as bad with a Sasquatch as it used to be. But fear promotes fear. Uh-huh. And another thing is fear sales. People like that. They want to be scared. They, It's just like they're looking for that adrenaline rush. Right. But if you want to know anything about them, don't listen to what someone else says. Don't listen to me. Take yourself out where the possibility is that you're going to have an encounter and be respectful. You're going into their home where they live. It's also our home, but it is where they live. We are usually just visitors into that area and begin to try to understand what's going on, get past that idea of what they look like and what you've heard and just begin to understand for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking to several people now who uh, have done that. There's Some of them are still not there. They're still like, I just don't think I can be out there after dark, especially by myself. Uh And so you just have to do it as you can do it. And always remember, they've always been there. And they're always going to be there. Question in the chat room is, do they have any fear of humans? You know, they don't have to fear us. Uh Because they can take care of themselves in whatever way they need to take care of themselves. The dogmen are interdimensional too. So they're pretty adept at taking care of themselves. What they do know is that we are a very disrespectful species. Uh And we tend to not care too much about this place where we live. And the only thing that we can do to them is what we do to ourselves in not respecting this earth and taking care of it. Absolutely. I can understand the concern for that. And I mean, there's a lot of people out there logging that don't care. I'm glad they put the laws in finally, you know, to, to uh, control how many trees are going out that they have to replant in. And all mm-hmm. that stuff, because I mean, if we were left to our own devices on that stuff, there'd be nothing left. We just destroy everything. Right, right. We would use every drop of water. Right. You know, and that one of the things Kashima told me years ago was humans don't respect the air. They don't respect the water. They uh-huh. don't respect the earth. They don't respect each other. And the worst is they have no respect of themselves. And what he was talking about is we are not respectful to others. We're not respectful of realizing that the air is our relative. The water is our relative. 
we can't live without them. Uh And yet we disrespect them by doing the things that we do. But to disrespect yourself is the main thing. If you have respect of who you are, Uh then you're not going to put yourself in a space of being disrespectful. And that's the whole thing, being disrespectful. What do they eat? What what types of food? Well, if if you look at the earth, the earth could feed us. Uh There's uh, indigenous people forever. They lived off the earth and what was there. They can do that as well if they choose to do so. Sure. So it's um, it's that thing of what they want to eat, uh-huh. it, the areas that they're in, if they're in the physical world, in this third dimension, uh, they're going to eat probably much more healthy than we do for sure. So do they eat other animals or, or are they vegetarians or what? No, they're not vegetarians. Um, They eat, I I guess you'd call it a balanced diet. (laughs) They have, there is so much to eat on our planet. I mean, look at the mushrooms. They're everywhere now. And um, several years ago, I was talking with Kashima about you know, different foods and, and things that they eat. And one morning when I'd gone on my walk, uh, there was this uh, big bundle of inner bark that had been stripped. Mm-hmm. And it was right there by a slippery elm tree. And that was something that they gave to me. So I researched what's that would do it's a carbohydrate so there are so many things that we can eat we can use medicinally as well uh it's just we moved away from doing that right and but you know there's this huge movement back and has been for several years of reconnecting with the plants that are here absolutely Another question that came up, do they uh, use fire at all? They can, but they don't have to. Okay. You know, so it's it's that other thing of what do they choose to do? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I saw a report a long time ago of this person that lived, I think, way up, up in, in, in uh, Oregon, in the middle of nowhere, in, in this little town, and the Sasquatch, she, she swore up and down that the Sasquatch were coming in to use the stove of this abandoned house. Yep. <laughs> use the oven and stuff. So I was just curious about. Well, you know. I've, I've never had them come in and use mine. But, <laughs> but it was funny. I used to plant a huge garden. And I one year I had planted uh, Cobb Jim watermelons and Black Diamond, which are huge watermelons. Right. And I would go out 
every morning and check my watermelons because the first watermelon that got ripe, I always ate in the garden. Right. I always took my salt with me. I busted it open and I ate it there early mm -hmm. of the morning. Well, I'd been watching some watermelons and they I knew that they would probably be ripe the next morning. And I would go out and the whole watermelon would be gone. Huh. And I knew it wasn't coyotes. If coyotes were getting anything, you know, they've been in there. And it's the same with deer. Right. Uh, you know, they've been in there, but there was no sign. And so, you know, I'm thinking, okay, what's going on here? And so for a few days that had happened. Every morning, I'm waiting for that watermelon, and the whole watermelon's gone. Wow. Well, one morning, I went out, and I thought, if that watermelon's not there, I'm going to get to the bottom <laughs> of this. And when I got out there, it was gone. And so I just took the vines, which were huge at that point. I pulled it all back away from it. And sure enough, there were some uh, bare footprints. So at that point, I just stood up and I said, okay, this is how it's going to be. I will gladly share with you what I grow. You can have half and I can have half to feed my family. So I enacted the 50-50 rule. And they have followed that to the letter nice. uh, through the years in so many ways. Uh, one of the cool ones was I, my little grandson had been to McDonald's and got a Happy Meal. And he had the little package of apples. And he said, Mama, I want to put this out for them. So we set the little uh, bag of apples out. And then when we went, to check on them, half of the apples were gone. Now, the bag wasn't torn up. The bag had been opened and was fixed back. Nice. And they had left a little X made out of some sticks right there with it. And for years, that has meant uh, it's a connection to them. They're our family. They're our friends. And and they use it sometimes for thank you. So he was so excited, you know, so 50-50, they took half the apples and left half the apples. That's really cool. Another question. Do they have a scent or smell? Sometimes. Sometimes they don't. They can do it at will. But like us, if we've been busy doing something and, you know, we're all dirty, hot and sweaty, we're going to smell. Uh -huh. But uh, one of the juveniles that's here, I call him Blue. Uh, I had a friend here from Kentucky and we were sitting outside and I'd heard him off over in behind some briars and stuff where they would come out and Blue was out there. And he started skunking us with that smell. And it was, we would say, stop. This is horrible. We can't stand this. And he would stop. 
and we'd go about doing what we were doing, and then he would do it again. And it was, it was that awful smell mm -hmm. that people talk about. But that would be like a juvenile human mm -hmm. doing something. I've had my grandsons do that, you know, just because they thought it was funny. But just things like that are actually teaching moments as mm -hmm. well because he chose to do that at will. Uh, I very rarely ever smell that. I have a few times, but I rarely ever smell that. Mm -hmm. This has been so fascinating. What do you like best about them? <laughs> oh, there's this, what this feeling that they give you. Um, and it is a love feeling, not a love that we understand as humans, but it surpasses that. I call it that love that surpasses all understanding. And just the fact that they so readily allow people to feel that and send that feeling out mm -hmm. to us. And I talk to people all the time. I hear people on podcasts talking about that very thing. Mm -hmm. You know, that's amazing to me that they care enough to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, plus the fact that they're jokers. Those kids are big jokers, and I am too, and I've always been, but I've never gotten anything over on them, ever. <laughs> I'm still trying, but they're the masters. Absolutely. Why do you think um, that, like you say, you do a lot of you know, walks in the woods. How, can, how many do you think there are around us that, you know, that, that we don't realize? Because you know, a lot of the scientists and people, or, you know, a lot of these investigators think that there's so few of them how many do you think are around the united states a lot a lot more that than people think um here there is a family in the area uh -huh. there is a dad there is a mom there is an older daughter. There is the one that I've interacted with the most, Indigo, who, and that's my name for him. Uh, he's a, a very young male. Uh, Blue is his younger brother. Uh -huh. And the reason I call him Blue is because his hair is so black when the sun shines on him, it looks blue. It has a blue tint to it. And then Baby Girl who oh. is the youngest. They are in this area. Uh, there are others on adjacent areas. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about a multidimensional being here. Uh -huh. So sometimes they're here and sometimes they're not. Right. But those are the ones that have readily interacted with me. And I'm not the only one that they have. I'm definitely not the only one that's seen them at all. Um, you know, so if, if you talk to people 
around the United States, you know, they're not seeing just one in an area. Uh, the reports are not that it looks the same. Every report is exactly the same look. Right. You've right. got different sizes. You've got different colors of hair, uh -huh. etc. like us. And so, you know, it can't be just a few if you're getting that many reports around the United States. So how many there is, I wouldn't even wager to guess, um, but probably more than most people think would be in an area. And they don't have to be in wooded areas either. Really? People see them in the desert, uh, cornfields in Kansas and Nebraska and other places like that, they they can be wherever they choose to be. They don't need the woods to camouflage them or anything, even though they do use that sometimes when they're there. But they're not designated to one particular kind of place. They can be wherever they want to be. Absolutely. What's next for you? Oh, my goodness. Well, I I guess just doing what I've always done. Um, I've never really spoke out much about the dog man, but it seems that's probably what I'm going to be doing since the Coast to Coast show. Uh, <laughs> because I did talk about dog man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm just whatever the universe has for me to do. I'm, I'm here to do it and to do it in the best way I know how and to never act ugly, just to try to be the best that I can be. And you got two books out, right? Yes, I do. I have uh, my life with the hairy people, which documents uh, part of my life. Uh -huh. with them. I have a children's book, Respecting the Water, and that's has a blue and indigo in it, and their grandfather, and uh, a grandmother, human, and her little granddaughter, uh -huh. and it's a book about respecting the water, and I've, I've got more books in me. <laughs> I'm just... I'm just working on them and I'm working on one now that will bring in this whole thing of uh, the Star Nation people, um, the Bigfoot people and the dog men and, and other cryptids or what people call cryptids. You know, I grew up uh, paranormal wasn't a word that I ever heard because uh -huh. everything that happened was just normal uh -huh. to me. There wasn't really any reason for me to call it outside the normal. It was right. just how, how my life went. Absolutely. I want to thank you for coming on. I so appreciate it. it was this hour just blew by. I enjoyed it. And I'm glad you got some rest. <laughs> uh, me too. Believe me. 
Me too. It felt good to be normal today. Uh, we'd like to get you back on again to talk more about this later on, if that's okay. That'd be fine. I would love it. All right. Fantastic. Well, you have a good, I keep blinking out on one of where Mario goes when he falls off the screen. Um, <laughs> you have a great evening. Okay. And say hi to me. I'm headed to my tent. There I got to know. hike out to it. <laughs> well, have a great hike. No, I will. Okay. Have a good one. Thank you. You as well. Bye-bye. Okay. That was really cool. I, I learned so much about that and more one-on-one. -on -one. And uh, I would love to, you know, sit down and have a conversation with them. That that would be cool. And it's about respect. And I think, yeah, we, I saw that going through the chat room. It's all about respect, respecting them. And, and then they respect us back, you know, and, and they can read our body language just like any other animal. And I think that's, that, that, that's a lot of it. Okay, tomorrow, let me grab my calendar. I forgot to mark down tomorrow. I'm like, my, my mind, I've been so busy. I keep forgetting things. I think I'm getting senile. All right, let me see who's on tomorrow. <laughs> who's scheduled to go tomorrow? Ah, okay. Question is, okay. It's just been kind of, it's been kind of crazy here. Okay. Um, I don't know. Tomorrow is a gentleman named Mulhill. And I'm trying to remember what he was coming on for, and I apologize. I've been, like I said, I've been so busy that it kind of escapes my mind. Let me check an email here because I want to get you guys into. I don't always forget, guys. I'm sorry. It's just, it's just been really, it's just been so wild for me the last couple day, the last three or four days that uh, <laughs> I keep forgetting things. Let's see. Anyway, I want to thank everybody from for coming and for listening tonight. Well, I guess it's a surprise. Gentleman named Mud, Mud, you know where I can get it. Hang on. Just, I, I look at my own teasing. I, I know you guys are probably like laughing at me. You think I'm a ditz, but this is just one of those things. And of course, Facebook's doing weird things. Okay, let me look and see what we got going. Bear with me for one second, you guys. Bear with me for a second. <laughs> okay, there's that one. Okay got to be here somewhere. Where are you? Where are you? Nope, not that one. Oh, weird. Okay. I don't see it. Okay. Anyway, the gentleman's name is Molehill. He'll be on with me tomorrow. And uh, uh, <laughs> I think it's a paranormal gig. Anyway, I feel like a fool. Anyway, the gentleman's name is, is Molehill. I'll be teasing it on Facebook. And uh, oh, it should be over on YouTube. Hang on. What am I doing? This is This is just Getting me, it's just getting so involved with, uh, huh? Okay. Weird. I don't even have anything listed for this gentleman. All right. Anyway, um, tomorrow should be Mr. Molehill. I'm, <laughs> it might, it might've been a last minute booking that I did. Anyway, uh, I want to thank you guys for coming and, uh, if you like what you hear, share it with five people. If you hate what you heard, share it with five of your enemies. We're equal opportunity here at California Haunts Radio. Uh, again, if you haven't subscribed and you're watching from YouTube, please feel free to do so. We have uh, shows every Sunday through uh, Friday. And Sunday is a day that we uh, read a paranormal theme book. Uh, you know, and it goes all the way through. And then Friday, we meet with, with uh, Medium Nancy Maths to talk about everything ethereal, right? That's what we do. Anyway, I want to thank you all for coming. And if you aren't following us on Facebook, please do so. And I will see you tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Okay?
Have a great night and hasta.